welcome to another massive edition of VFL 23. This is episode three. My name is Chris Yendian, and I have the pleasure of being joined by the voice of VFL football, the great man Brendan Jonty Rhodes. Rhodes, he put his back, mate, and uh, back with a vengeance on the weekend. It is, and fantastic to see him uh, finally playing some football, albeit only practice matches, but rivalry round practice matches, you could say, with the arch rivals taking on each other in all five games, and, and there was some pretty good footy played too, that's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely right. It's uh, just great action across the uh, the men's and women's. And I love the tack on too, mate, with the AFL. We saw six to eight quarters across quite a few games across the weekend. And we got to see some of the VFL players actually run around with the AFL players, um, depending on how the structures went for the various teams. Yeah, for sure. Especially that game back on uh on Friday night, which was which was interesting because it was originally scheduled as two separate games uh, between Geelong and Hawthorne and then Geelong and Box Hill. Mm-hmm. But uh, then they merged it together into an eight-period game, which, of course, those people who are watching it uh, saw a final score of 220 to 133 <laughs> and must be wondering what happened. <laughs> Not much defence in that. Uh, but the way it turned out was basically the VFL players all played in the second half of that match anyway in the last four quarters. So so there was a, a separate scoreboard kept at the very least by the Box Hill Hawks side of things. And uh, in the end, that was probably the best game of the, of the round. Uh, it, as I said, it, it, it looks like Geelong's had a massive win, but they did all of that in the AFL portion of the game. So, the final score from the from the VFL contest was 10-22-82 for Geelong over Box Hill Hawks 11-14-80. So just a two-point result there in favour of the Cats. And they actually came from 24 points down at three-quarter time to, to get that result, Geelong. So uh, Box Hill would be reasonably happy uh, with, with what they've done there, travelling down to the Cattery and uh, in their first practice match and having a, a reasonable result. Yeah, well, of course, Box Hill are coming into the season after making the finals last year, and they're missing a notable player in the form of Fergus Green, who uh, had an outstanding season for the Hawks last year, and now he's gone on to the senior list. So they really have to start to, I guess, find that uh, key body up forward that's going to be a key force for them this year. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, really. They did have Emerson Jecker alongside him, uh, alongside Fergus Green last year. Uh, he went down into defence later on in the season and, and did really well and I think ended up making his way into the Hawthorne team in defence later on in the season. Um, whether Fergus Green makes the Hawthorne team, you would expect that uh, that he'll probably get opportunities early with the Hawks in a full rebuild. Um, so you know, I still expect we'll probably see a little bit of him at Box Hill City Oval as he as he tries to find his way back at the top level in his in his second chance after playing a handful of games for the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Jekka, you'd think, might go into the forward line. Uh, they've still got Benny Kavara down there, who, who came third in the league goal kicking, of course, last year. And those guys are going to have fellas like uh, like Callum Brown and Patrick Nash ramming the ball down their throat. <laughs> Say hello, Vesta. There she is on the wall, and there she is saying hello to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see how badly the Hawks are affected by um, uh, by the big reset that's happened at AFL level. You'd, you'd think that's going to weaken the Box Hill side, 
but they seem to have recruited pretty well uh, in their VFL list. So I, I don't think they'll they'll drop off too much. And we know they took on a superstar Geelong outfit that is, uh, I, I think, across the board uh, from you know, coast to coast, so to speak. They're strong at the top at AFL. They've got a strong VFL side. Their VFLW side has had one of the best well-run programs in a long time. The AFLW side is building along very nicely. Um, it, it's They took on a quality side over at the uh, the Cattery, and I guess the Cats, uh, they'll be looking to atone for some bad kicking in that last quarter, but to, to run away uh, thrilling winners by two points. A lot of good things to like about their efforts. And I do want to... Um, yeah, definitely. They, they did bring in a, a good uh, Oscar Forkhead from uh, the Gold Coast Suns, who I noticed he's, uh, he's jumped onto their list, and I saw Oscar a fair bit last year, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the Geelong side this year. Interesting one. Isn't isn't Forkhead still at the cat? Still at the Suns? No, no. I noticed he's on the they VFL list. They brought in Oscar um, Oscar Murdoch and and Oscar Riccardi. Uh, so it'd be interesting to check that. He he was actually Oscar Forkhead was actually drafted out of the Geelong VFL team in the mid season draft to the Suns. So that's probably your your, compu- your uh, yeah, yeah, probably confusion right. there. He played for the Cats in the first half of last year before heading to Queensland. But, yeah, he, he, he looks like a decent player. And, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll get his opportunities wherever yeah. he is. I'm pretty sure he's still up at uh, at Heritage Bank Arena, I think it's now known as. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what he can deliver. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's, that's the podcast on the fly. <laughs> I'm talk- this is why I'm talking to the, uh, the, the, the voice of EFL. Uh, if, if I make any slip-ups, Rosie's all across it, as he would be across the fact that Collingwood had a big loss last week. And as an Essendon fan, as you can see up there, I'm, I'm, for those who are listening in, I've got an Essendon jumper there. Uh, just just a thrill to see Carlton just crunch them uh, by 70-odd points, uh, or nearly 70 points on the weekend. And uh, to see Carlton, they're really flexing their muscles against the Collingwood outfit that will achieve some good things in 2023. A very uh, interesting result, this one. I know it's only, again, it's only a practice match, but Carlton actually were the team that was basically cooked last year in the, towards the end of the season in the VFL. And they, they beat Collingwood in the last round to sneak just to sneak into the eight. And then they beat them again at Victoria Park in the first week of the finals. And that sort of got them, that got them through to a semi-final where they nearly upset the Brisbane Lions up there at, uh, up there at Red Rooster Park. Uh, they've certainly started well in this game, even without their, their star forward in Ben Crocker, who didn't play in the game. But, the Blues 16 10, 106 over Collingwood 5 7 37. That's the only one sided game that we saw on the weekend. And yeah, obviously a month out from the start of the season, you don't read too much into it. No. But um, but yeah, I'm sure Collingwood and Josh Fraser will be looking to build a little bit more from that to be to be more ready to go for round one. Exactly. I don't think, it, as you said, there's not too much to be concerned about. We know the senior team as well. They're still trying to develop their list and, and work out what they want to do. It's purely for practice match reasons. We just want to see where, um, where they're at. And I know that the result was the same in the, uh, in the ones. Um, but nothing, nothing like seeing a good old Carlton-Collingwood rivalry. Uh, your mob, uh, the, the Swans 
had a pretty solid win against Brisbane Lions in uh, in testing conditions uh, over in Sydney. Uh, what was what did you read of the game I, uh, over the, just the three periods? I think they just uh, they played was it six quarters across um, both both games. No, no, they played a full four quarter game in the AFL and then just the three in the BFL. So they played seven yep. uh, all together, and yeah, it was interesting that they only had the three. I think that there are actually some issues with injuries at the Swans at the moment. So, so they are they're a little bit down on on troops right now. A month out from the start of the VFL season, or three weeks out from the start of the VFL season, two weeks out from the start of the AFL. And, in fact, they've cancelled their practice match on Friday afternoon against Carlton, which is which was supposed to be a curtain raiser to the AFL game on Friday night. So so the Swans having a little bit of a problem with numbers at the moment, but there were some, some strong names fronting up in the best players for the Swans. Uh, all the, the top three, sorry, apart from Jacob Constanti, the next three draft picks, Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen, Mitchell and Vickery all appeared in the best players for Sydney um, a young fellow young VFL signing by the name of Howard he he was named best on ground uh, Harry Morrison he is a, he's a very underrated player in the Swans VFL forward line uh, had a good game as well and and uh, a young famous name of Indy Kirk oh. and Indy Kirk performed very well from what I'm told uh, for that, uh, for the Swans team there, the son of the great Brett, mm-hmm. and uh, and Tom Longmire, the son of Horse, also showed some reasonable signs in the game. So, we'll look forward to seeing if those two can get some regular games uh, this year. Indy played, I think, one last late last year in the VFL as a late inclusion, and Tom was an emergency a couple of times without breaking in. Uh, yeah, so hopefully they'll do well uh, for the Lions, the the brothers. The brothers, I suppose, of the of the AFL players that they've brought in performed pretty well. Lockie Rayner, who, who's come up from Essendon, uh, he came under notice. Blake Coleman, the brother of Cadian Coleman, uh, and, and uh, I believe Kyle Dunkley had a run around as well. The brother of Josh, who was who was important in the in the AFL game, but the Swans, yeah, they they just got a little bit stronger as the game went on, despite being short on on troops. They got some run into the legs of Hayden McLean and. Uh, and Nick Blakey, who's coming back from glandular fever, which was which was good to see. So a solid hit out that I think both teams got enough out of with the, with Sydney winning nine six sixty to Brisbane Lions six seven forty three. Yeah, good. I mean, you read what what you do into preseason games, but I think it's a good feather in the cap of the Swans against a, a Brisbane Lions team that they finished uh, the preliminary final last year. And uh, to be honest, I expect them to to be in the same sort of position again this year, given the depth that they've added with the, with Kyle Dunkley and then Rayner. Um, I'll go through these last couple of games uh, for the men's pretty quickly, but a big shout-out uh, to the Northern Bullets, uh, having a strong win over Coburg by 11 points. We know the Bullets, they're, they're a club that's just improving uh, and looking to, to really develop and, and get some uh, good, good performances under their belt. Just exciting to see them Get get a good confidence boosting win over Coburg and really set themselves up for the year. Yeah, practice match or or not, the the Battle of Bell Street always seems to turn it on, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's the sixth period game they played out at Bundura and and there was nothing between them all all day. Uh, level at quarter time, a point up the Bullants at half time. I think it was three points to the Lions after three, um, two points to the Bullants after four. 
And then they, they got away in the third quarter with three goals to two and then held on. There was only one point kicked by either team in the last quarter, in the sixth period as as the teams tied out. Bull Ants 11-10-76, beating Coburg 10-5-65. Uh, Tom Stapleton, the recruit from South Australia, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, it's Sardell Hawley, a fella from, who's crossed from Werribee, he... Uh, He's a small forward midfielder. He was their best player. Ben Hurley broke in. Liam Mackey, who's just been announced as as a co-captain last week of the Bullants, he was up there in the best as well. Uh, for Coburg, Josh Watson, uh, Tom Jepson, uh, Nathan Boucher, Luke Nelson, and Jesse Carigliano, uh, some of the some of the regular names you'd think appearing there. Uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they go in standalone Saturday, which we'll talk about later in the show. Williamstown 10 6 66 defeated Port Melbourne 7 8 50. Just uh, I love seeing these uh, these teams go toe to toe. The history that is very much rich and deep, uh, more so than a lot of AFL teams. Uh, practice match nonetheless, but geez, uh, a good performance by both teams on the day. Yeah, no question. And the and the best story about out of this one is is Connor Waitman, who was delisted by the North Melbourne VFL team at the end of last year has been training with Williamstown over summer in the hope of securing a contract. You saw on the on the Seagulls Twitter feed last week that it was announced that he'd actually secured that and then he went out and got best on ground. That's so amazing. so that that's that's a fantastic story for him. Marty Hoare, their one of their star recruits appeared prominently as well. Corey Preston, Tom Downey, the best and fairest winner. Uh, the returning Nick Ebinger. Uh, Stood out as well as did uh, as did Mitch Cox, who I think was unlucky not to still be on the Brisbane Lions list after fighting so hard to get an opportunity. Uh, for Port Melbourne, they're, they're one of their star recruits in Fraser Rosman, who was the hard luck story of last year's grand final uh, when he did his hammy in the prelim for Casey Demons. Um, he was their best player, and Campbell Walker, a former Queenslander, I believe, a former Brisbane Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was very prominent as well. But a sixteen point win to Williamstown, and and uh, once again, practice match or not, it's uh, I'm sure everyone down at Seagull Lands walking a little bit taller this week. Most definitely right. We also uh, we saw some women's teams in action as well. One of the scores that stood out for me. Uh, across the weekend in the VFLW, Carlton nine seven sixty one defeating Port Melbourne three one nineteen. It's good to see the the blue bag is uh, starting to build some confidence and momentum heading into season twenty twenty three. And uh, Port Melbourne, well, they they are successful in their own right, and uh, I think they'll they'll take a fair bit out of that match. They will dominated this game pretty much from the start. Carlton kicked five goals to two in the first quarter. Never really looked back. Port Melbourne managed just the one behind across the middle two terms and the one goal in the last quarter uh, as Carlton won by seven goals quite comfortable. They've recruited very nicely from other clubs, the Blues, which we'll, which we'll get to also a little bit later on in the show. Amia Cowan kicked three goals. Uh, Esther Honeybun kicked a couple. And their best player from last year, the best couple of players from last year, Millie Klingbeal, and Ali Build were were right up there again in the best players for Carlton. Unfortunately, I uh, haven't been able to secure any details for Port Melbourne fans on on who went well for the borough. But uh, keep an eye out once I once I do that, we'll be appearing up on bfl.com.au. Absolutely, where you can uh, get all the latest updates and all the news around the VFL and. Uh... 
We'd like to extend appreciation for everyone that's been supporting us over the last couple of weeks. Make sure you, uh, you can join us on Spotify, you can catch us on Anchor, we're on Amazon Music, jump on YouTube, just type in VFL23 and you'll be able to uh, get the, either the video version or the audio version of this show. Some of the other news that, uh, that's come across the desk over the past few days, something that I'm really excited about, but almost a hard luck story in some way too, Rhodesy, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Quentin Narkel has joined the Bombers VFL squad after missing out at Richmond, but as we heard earlier on in the week, with the sudden retirement of George Castagna or Jason Castagna from, uh, from Richmond, there was another spot that opened up, but unfortunately they have to wait to the mid-season draft, um, and we know Narkel just missed out to, uh, I think it was a Bradkey uh, last week. Um, uh, what are your thoughts about that situation? Well, from all the from all the kudos that have been coming out of Richmond for for Jason Castagna, and he did have a wonderful career, retiring at 26 with three premierships to his name. You you cannot criticise that. But uh, I'm sure, and they won't say it publicly, but I'm sure the Tigers will be wishing he'd made the decision two weeks ago, yeah. um, so so that they could have put Quentin Narkel on. But uh, it's actually it, it was reported on the weekend that he was going to join Essendon, Quentin Narkel. The Bombers have actually made that official late this afternoon, uh, officially announced that Quinton Narkel is a big fish signing for for the team at the NEC hangar. I can't say Windy Hill because they haven't been scheduled to play any games <laughs> at Windy Hill in the first 15 rounds. There must be uh, uh, some some works coming, coming at Windy Hill, some redevelopment works coming up. So they've been scheduled to play all their games at the hangar in the first 14 weeks of the season, which will, which will be something a little bit different. Um, and we'll see a new look, Windy Hill, because fan, fantastic work by the groundsman there. Don't, mm. don't uh, take anything away from this. That ground was underwater through the, through the Melbourne floods early in the year. Uh, it was completely destroyed. And, and in the last week, it's been announced as the host venue for the Victorian Premier Cricket First Grade Grand Final. So oh. how how, fan, how fantastic is that for the for the curators, the ground staff out at Windy Hill, uh, that they've been able to get it back up to a level where they've been playing Victorian second eleven games there, and now the and now the grand finals going to be there as well. So well done to them. Now it's simply fantastic. Uh, well done to the curators there, and who knows? Hopefully we can see some games move across to Windy Hill on the back end of the season as we uh, we gear up for a big finals campaign, which is a long, long way away. A couple of other news to come across the uh, the desk: Trent Manil and uh, Will Fordham, are captains of Frankston. North Melbourne had held its VFL launch over the weekend, or VFLW launch, uh, with Jess Jones named as the captain. Um, she's still on Carlton's AFLW list, or she's no longer on that list. I don't believe she is. She she was she was drafted just for season seven, taken in just for season seven. Didn't manage a game uh, for the Blues when she but has returned to North Melbourne now and and has been named captain. She she went from North Melbourne to Carlton mm-hmm. for that for that season hasn't actually missed a game for for North Melbourne because of the, the split seasons and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> so she's back there and uh, and that's a very, very nice result for her. Her, her loyalty to return straight back to where, where she's played a fair bit of footy, both for them and I believe Melbourne University as well as the precursor to the Kangaroos. Yeah, it's, it works out well for Jess because she had the opportunity to be exposed around the AFLW system for that full season. So to be able to bring... 
some things back from that experience and showcase her leadership there. It's going to be invaluable for uh, for the North Melbourne VFLW side in season 2023. Yeah, definitely. And the and the Roos they've they've announced some pretty handy recruits as well. Um, I believe the one the the best one. You know, you're going to catch me on the hop now. I've, I've actually started talking about something and and then I've gone and forgotten who it was. A uh, player has come across from uh, from Geelong to the Kangaroos uh, by the name of Madison Maguire. Uh, 10 AFLW games, 56 VFLW games for the Cats. So she she played in that uh, or she would have played in that grand final if it was if it was played in 2021 so she's a big big inclusion for north melbourne uh and they've also brought across uh, annabelle scott or annabelle scott sorry played for the uh, played for north melbourne last year after crossing from the bulldogs brought up her 50th game so she'll be better for that experience and and uh, yeah i'll uh, I look forward to seeing North Melbourne push up and potentially make the finals for the first time. Absolutely. It's exciting times if you are a North Melbourne VFLW fan. We know there are plenty of them out there. Uh, another one that sort of probably hits a little bit closer to my new home, uh, being here in southeast Queensland, but I'm excited. Uh, Charlotte Hammonds has joined the uh, the VFLW Hawks team. Uh, Charlotte was involved in the first few games that I called in the QAFLW up here in Queensland when she lined up for Bond University. And Bond Uni is they've been the powerhouse of the QAFLW competition for many years without uh, enduring and celebrating the ultimate success. Charlotte is also uh, part of the. Uh, she used to be with Carlton in the AFLW. I think she's going to add a fair bit of quality to this Hawks lineup. Yeah, and it's terrific to see that uh, that Box Hill have decided to, I suppose, broaden the web, mm-hmm. look, look a little bit wider uh, for their recruits and give opportunities. Obviously, Charlotte Hammonds, as you said, has been an AFL-listed player, has played some AFLW football, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's going to be a terrific inclusion. But they've also uh, stretched their talons into Sydney too uh, this week, the Hawks, and they've they've picked up a 26-year-old defender out of Sydney University by the name of Bella Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, to be to be honest, I'm I'm sorry, Bella was haven't really had the chance to do the research yet, but that that is that is definitely coming. But but bringing players in from interstate and giving them their opportunities to play VFLW football and push for AFLW contracts that's that's what it's all about, and it's great to see. So so well done to her, well done to Charlotte Hammonds, and hope, hopefully she can they can put their best foot forward and maybe get a chance to play for Hawthorne in the, in Season 8. Absolutely. And this goes back to a discussion that we had uh, on the last edition about the expansion of the VFLW competition and, and whether we'll see a similar sort of expansion what we've seen with the VFL program itself, where we see more AFL-based teams actually having more teams into the VFLW. So this enables... Uh, players from Sydney to get that experience which you highlighted last week in the VFLW program it's going to build them up you know we're talking about all the academy works that's happening around the uh, the east coast of Australia I think it's really going to add a lot more strength uh, durability and depth to the VFLW but also help prepare players for their quest to play AFLW in uh, in a strong competition in the VFLW. Yeah exactly right and it would be good to see more. The first step that I'd like to see happen is them to play more games. Mm-hmm. They play back back uh, at VWFL in the early couple of years of VFLW. They did play their full 18-game season. 
Uh, I understand why it was shortened. It was to sort of give a gap between the AFLW and VFLW seasons. Uh, but a lot of the AFLW players now don't play a lot of VFLW football. So I'd be quite happy to see them go back to a, to a full 18-round season and, and play more teams twice. At the moment, they only play three teams twice. So uh, 14 games is, is actually a, quite a short season. So fingers crossed that that's the first step. They can get up, start playing more games. That'll give more players the opportunity to play if there's, if there's players being rested and that sort of thing. And then they can they can move forward further and and uh, and have some potentially new clubs coming in. Coming up a little bit later on, we are going to dissect uh, some of the teams uh, ahead of the VFLW season, which isn't too far away. Mate, let's gear up for this weekend in VFL uh, and VFLW practice match action after we had a nice taste of it on the weekend. It's going to get better with Super Saturday over at Craigieburn, mate. I know you have been so pumped about this one. I've booked out the whole Saturday myself. I'm going to jump on clutch and I'm going to watch this festival of football. Mate, break it down. What is happening at Craigieburn on Saturday in the VFL? Yeah, VFA standalone Saturday. How, how fantastic. And that, that's what all the old-time supporters are calling it. Officially, it's called the VFL Preseason Carnival. Um, but, yeah, all the, all the old VFA fans are, are jumping up and down with delight at, at this schedule, which is fantastic that all six VFL Melbourne-based standalone teams are going to be playing on the same ground on the same day uh, with free entry. Uh, at Craigieburn at Highgate Reserve, the former Rams Arena. Uh, so if you're in Melbourne and you're not having something else on, get out there and enjoy some fantastic football. Seven, seven hours, I believe, it will be mm-hmm. a football. If you're not here in Melbourne or you can't get there, do exactly what you're going to do, Yeeny, and log on to log on to clutch.tv um, forward slash AFL-sports forward slash VFL, forward slash preseason dash carnival. Uh, that link will be appearing through the VFL website, through the uh, through the team's articles and the and the practice match article that's up there at the moment as well. So so you'll be able to find it there if you if you didn't get it written down when I when I read it too quickly. I'll uh, for those watching it, I'll chuck it up on the screen and I'll run it through our links as well because it is going to be must see viewing. So we got Northern Bullands kicking off at ten forty five. They take on Williamstown at one pm. Frankston and Werribee, and then at three fifteen pm, Coburg and uh, and Port Melbourne. And for me living in Queensland, it's uh, it's great because I can kick back at nine forty five and just enjoy it. And then uh, I'll have time to go out and, uh, and indulge myself in uh, some of the other activities. He's probably watching some more football uh, later on the night. Um, VFL, W yeah, action, and that is, as you said, they are they are Melbourne time, so nine forty five start up in Queensland, um, and obviously make the same same I suppose alterations if you if you want to watch from South Australia or Western Australia uh, for the the daylight savings times and everything there. But yeah, it should be it should be a cracking day. Um, Hopefully, as I said last week, they can make it a regular occurrence and, and really turn it into something big in the preseason. Mate, what other big practice matches have we got happening in the VFL this weekend? 
it is a big weekend of EFL practice matches. Nine games in total, in fact, with, of course, mentioned standalone Saturday up at Craigieburn. Uh, but a lot of teams lining up this weekend. And it all starts once again on Thursday night. Uh, and that's at the AIA Centre at Olympic Park, Collingwood versus the Box Hill Hawks. So the Hawks fronting on a Thursday for the second week in a row. That match is a 4 by 25 minute quarter game at 7pm. So get down there after work on Thursday, Collingwood and the Hawks fans, and catch a look at your teams up close and personal. Uh, on Friday morning, I'm not sure we'll get too huge a crowd to this one at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, but it's a 4 by 15 minute hit out between Essendon and Sandringham. So if you're around Tullamarine and you've got an hour or so to spare, you can call in and take a look at that one. Uh, the Brisbane Lions are taking on Southport, the first the first hit out for the Sharks uh, this season. That game is at Brighton Homes Arena in Springfield, 7 o'clock on Friday night, four by 25-minute quarters there. So, so that should be a good one. The first taste of football uh, in Queensland for you guys up there. Uh, yeah, well, well, uh, well, at least in the VFL space, uh, I, I wish I was able. I wish I was able to get along to uh, to the one on Friday night. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a taste of what Springfield is all about on Thursday night, so I'll have to report back next week. Uh, but it's going to be exciting because it's, it's not the uh, it's not the only time we're going to be seeing the Lions and the Sharks go head to head over this uh, practice match period. Yeah, exactly. They do have another one at Fankhauser Reserve in week four, so. Uh, there's a couple matches that are like that that are that double up the meetings, which we'll get to shortly. Sydney and Carlton, as I mentioned earlier, their game on Friday afternoon has been cancelled. So Swans and Blues fans in Sydney that are heading to Blacktown International Sports Park for the AFL practice match on Friday night don't need to head out there earlier because the VFL game is not happening. Uh, on Saturday, there's another... Six games taking place, as we said, the three at Craigieburn. Um, at Black, back at Blacktown again, you could you could stay the night at Blacktown and, and front up for the for the AFL doubleheader uh, there on Saturday. GWS is playing Gold Coast from nine a.m. in the VFL, and I think twelve o'clock is the AFL game there. So an AFL double VFL AFL doubleheader. Um, Casey Demons, we'll see them for the first time. They're playing Richmond. Again, a first look at the Tigers. They're playing at Casey Fields in an AFL curtain raiser at 12 o'clock before Melbourne play the Tigers out there at 4 o'clock, I think, on Saturday afternoon. So get out there early and and see the VFL teams in action. Uh, And, of course, Footscray versus North Melbourne. Uh, They will lock horns in an AFL curtain closer Mm. at Icon Park. So the Bulldogs are playing North Melbourne in the AFL at 10 past 1. Hang around there, Bulldogs and Roos fans because there is a VFL game at 4pm following that. So that's the the full round of games that are taking place. That one has been added to the fixture since last week. So that one's taking on taking off and they will play again. Those two teams will play again uh, at Arden Street later on in the preseason as well. Uh, just before we wrap up our talk about the VFL and move back onto the women, yep. Yandy, sending a big cheerio to Eli Templeton uh, from Port Melbourne, who has today announced that he's stepping away from football for this year as he continues to recover from that horrible uh, head knock playing in the local footy last year uh, when he sadly flew over the fence and landed on his head. 
um, which was which was horrible to see footage of, and we haven't seen him since. We certainly send him all the best and hope to see him in Port Melbourne colours again in 2024. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Uh, we wish him all the best on a, on a speedy recovery and a goes to show. Well, football is just uh, something we can enjoy, and it's much bigger uh, than, than, uh, than life itself. Some big practice matches coming up in the BFLW, mate. Starting off, uh, I think Saturday, we've got uh, Geelong and Williamstown, Williamstown over at Deakin University. Yeah, another another chance for supporters down in Geelong to see some football uh, this weekend. The first look at it for both these two teams. That's at 11 o'clock on Saturday at Deakin University in Warren Ponds, the Cats and the Seagulls. New look Seagulls, of course, with a few Swans players in their side. Uh, interesting to see if they if they line up this soon. Uh, and then the second game on Saturday is at Arden Street, another one for Kangaroo supporters. If you can't get across and watch the men at uh, at Icon Park, they, the women are playing Collingwood at, at uh, 1 o'clock in a 4 by 18 minute game. So, so you could go and watch the, the VFLW and then duck across to Icon Park to see the VFL and, and just watch <laughs> and just record the... Record the AFL game on your on your uh, KO or your Foxtel or whatever, and go back and watch oh, it later. It's all about the VFL Fe- festival VFL of footy for North Melbourne fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a festival of football. Arden Street's just down the road. Why not? The AFL can take a back seat. We're all about the uh, the VFL and the VFLW, mate. It's uh, it's certainly going to be an exciting day, and uh, and hopefully uh, we see both teams uh, light it up as we mentioned uh, with uh, with the captain there. From the the other uh, kangaroos, Jess Jones, she'll uh, get a chance to lead her team out and have a taste of maybe a little bit of success, but a nice competitive effort from the other uh, roos up against the pies. Yeah, certainly look forward to it. They're a passionate bunch of supporters, the the North Melbourne people, and uh, and they do get behind their VFL and VFLW teams. So we look forward to seeing uh, plenty down at Arden Street on Saturday as well. Big game, uh, three Sunday, big games. Man. Yeah, three big games on Sunday. And once again, it's the first look at, at football for all six teams. The Box Hill Hawks are taking on the Southern Saints. That's out at La Trobe University at Bandura at 10 a.m. Uh, in a, in a full-length game, four by 20 minutes. All, all these games are four by 20-minute quarters except that North Collingwood one, which is four by 18. Uh, we're seeing Darabin for the first time. Uh, actually, I did say six. It's only five because Port Melbourne is fronting for their, their second game. Port Melbourne versus Darabin. That's at the Swinburne Centre at Punt, Ro- Punt Road Oval at 12 o'clock on Sunday. So Borough and Falcon fans can get down there and have a look at their teams. And uh, then um, out at the at the NEC hangar, uh, it is Essendon playing the Casey Demons first versus, uh, first versus the preliminary finalists, the Premiers and the preliminary finalists. Uh, they're also playing at 12 o'clock on Sunday out at the hangar. So uh, we look forward to getting some results in from, from all those games to talk about next week. Make sure you join us here on VFL 23. Catch us on Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Music, and uh, YouTube by jumping on and uh, and t- typing in VFL23. Want to shout out to uh, to 
to a couple of uh, VFL fans up in the other uh, Queensland way, Mitchie Merritt, uh, Dan Viles, and uh, Cam Smith uh, for all their support. They've jumped on and showed their uh, their support across the week, which is what it's all about. As we turn our attention to the VFL W season, we're going to have a brief look at uh, half the teams' roads here, and I'll I'll go through some notes and uh, and I'll get your follow up. Uh, we're having a look. At uh, Box Hill, they've got a tough ask with Essendon and the Southern Saints in the first uh, first three weeks. How do you see their second season? Uh, sorry, under their, their season under second year coach uh, Sherry O'Neill uh, running up against uh, the grand finalists uh, in the first few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge for them, isn't it? Uh, as I mentioned last week, you're not really sure how they're going to how they're going to go now that they're now that they're I suppose effectively. A, a reserves team, mm-hmm. the VFLW team. Uh, now that they now that they've got a squad in the AFL, and the same question gets asked about Essendon, uh, of course. And but we find it out very early, don't we, with those with those early games against um, against fellow finalists from last year. And they do because they uh, did finish in that in that top bracket of teams. They get a they get a tougher fixture uh, this year. In fact. The, the straight sets exit doesn't really help them a great deal um, because, sorry, it doesn't really hurt them a great deal, I should say, because they do drop into that second bracket by finishing fourth. Uh, so that sort of helps them out a little bit. If I remember rightly, did I get that right? No, I'm, I'm the one that's got it wrong this time. They finished second, went out in straight sets and, and recorded third, fourth. I'm, I've completely confused myself now. Oh, uh, either, either way, they've got they've got a tougher fixture than they had last year when they came out of the out of the bottom four teams. So it's groups of four, not groups of three. So that's what's confusing me. That's why they're in the top bracket, uh, the Box Hill Hawks. So they will have double up matches against Essendon, Southern Saints and the Casey Demons uh, this year, having finished in fourth spot on the ladder. Took me a while to get me get myself sorted out there. It's a but big preseason. We've got a lot to digest and a lot to explore because it's a, it's going to be a massive VFL and VFLW season. And to to come out of the blocks with Box Hill, they had a tough year last year in terms of the finals. But that we know they are good enough. And what we see from them this year in terms of developing players, will help strengthen their team in the AFLW season in the back end of, uh, of the year. So I think it's going to be an, an awesome opportunity for them. I think if you're a VFLW fan, you're going to be pretty excited because you're going to be seeing some big hitting matches straight out of the gate with the Hawks taking on the Bombers and, uh, and the Saints the first few weeks. If that's going to give us any indication, we'll see some really big games It'll, we'll get the finals early. We'll get the we'll get the season essentially bookended by finals caliber games. Exactly, exactly right. And some big names they've they've managed to maintain most of their VFLW squad from last year. Brought in some good ones as well. Um, you'll see you'll see uh, some pretty handy players like Nick Garner, who's played over fifty games at VFLW level. She played in the AFLW. Abby Holmes is an AFLW Premiership player. She's re-signed again for Box Hill. Uh, a lot of their young talent, Kendall, Crayley, McClendon, they're all back. The experience, Christy Stratton, Jess Trend, hopefully has a good run after after a couple of injury-interrupted seasons. Um, Nadia Von Berto as well has played some really good state league footy. So I don't think they're going to be dropping off too much, Box Hill. They'll be around the mark. 
uh, as they change their name, but nothing else really changes. No, absolutely not. Their spirit doesn't change at all. Have a look at Carlton. We'll hope for its first finals appearance in the VFLW. They have a favourable draw this year and have three home games in the first month to mount its climb up the ladder under coach Tom Stafford. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, and then uh, and as you mentioned, uh, they've well, they've lost the former AFLW player in Charlotte Hammonds. Apart from that, they have been extremely quiet with uh, with <laughs> announcing signings and and recruits and who's in and who's out and that sort of thing. Uh, but the signs are obviously good based on what we saw last week against Port Melbourne at the, at the weekend with a forty two point win. Some of their some of their big names obviously fronting up again, playing well. They're another club that has been tipped and touted highly over the last few years since they joined the VFLW, but are still to make the finals. So this is pretty much, well, you'd think it's time. They've they've got to make that next step, push into the finals and and not give away early early games because that's what they've done in the past is lost games early and they haven't been able to play catch-up. And by having that, that friendly fixture of home games at Icon Park early on, They've got a golden opportunity to do that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll know by round four or five what we're going to see from Carlton this year. Absolutely. The destiny is in their hands. If they can make the most of the start to the season with that uh, that draw, then their first their maiden uh, VFLW finals appearance may not be too far away. Pete McCurley leads Casey in his third season, they uh, Casey faced the reigning grand finals twice, but had the chance to finish strongly with three home games to close out the season with the Bombers, Hawks and the Burrows uh, and a chance to mount some good momentum heading into finals, especially if they can knock off some of the big guns on the road to the finals season. Yeah, well, that's it. They, they were the team that flew out of the blocks last year. I think they went to 9-0, and 8-0 or 9-0 and zero in the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't play. I think that they didn't play Essendon until later on in the year. They played them twice late and and lost both times. Uh, they ended up finishing the season in third spot on the ladder, and that's where they ended up after after they they got through. They had a win over Collingwood in the first final. Got through to the first semi where they tipped Hawthorne out in straight sets. Um, they would be still disappointed that they weren't able to beat the Southern Saints in that prelim. They they would have felt that they they should have played in the grand final. Uh, so they'll be hungry mm-hmm. uh, to make to make amends for that. And as you said, with a with a strong finish uh, to the season at home, mm-hmm. albeit against good opposition, um, you you would expect to see the Casey Demons right up there again, especially on the back of Melbourne's AFLW Premiership a couple of months ago. Absolutely right there, mate. Uh, Chloe McMillan leads Collingwood in her third season. They finished sixth last year and have a tough tough start to the year with matches against Port, Casey, Box Hill and Essendon. But they do have a favourable draw at the back end of the year. And they're the t- this is the team that I really do expect to fly back up the ladder, uh, remembering they were... And they were uh, premiers in 2019. They were undefeated in 2021 before the season got called off. Slipped off the radar last year down to sixth uh, and got, went out in the first final. But I, I believe, I fully believe that they're better than that. They, they were as good as they were on the back of defence. Uh, they barely conceded scores 
if, if you scored three goals against Collingwood in a game when they were in their two really good seasons, you were in really good shape uh, to to potentially knock them off because their, their challenge was scoring. And last year, that's what happened. Their challenge was still scoring, but they weren't able to restrict the opposition to a losing score. So I'm sure that the the attention will be sent back onto the back line, and I expect Collingwood with a with the friendly fixture, the middle the middle tier fixture. I expect them to be right back at the pointy end this year. We'll take a look at Darabin, who'll be coached by Kate Tyndall in her second season. They finished eighth last year. Focus will be matches against Collingwood, Box Hill, and Essendon mid-season. That could make or break their run into the finals. Definitely, yeah. They they are another team that had a great season last year with no with no one no expectations at all. They won five of their first seven games. I think they were sitting third on the ladder at that stage. Uh, unfortunately, they then lost their last seven or eight to to drop right out to eighth spot. But Kate Tyndall, legend of the club. She's shown she's got them on the right track. It was a hard fixture in those seven or eight games. They'll be they'll be back. They'll be a season better, a season more experienced, and uh, I look forward to seeing them potentially pushing for a spot in the top six. Absolutely, and the uh, the, the six team we'll have a look at this week. Uh, team that's close to my heart uh, and the, the heart of um, many opposition teams considering their dominance in season 2022. Essendon will be coached by first-time coach Travis Cloak, taking over from Brendan Major. What changes are we going to see to the list, especially on the back of an AFLW campaign and the 2022 Premiership? And keeping in mind, too, that you're taking out a Premiership coach and you're putting in a coach that uh, hasn't coached anywhere before uh, at this level. At this level, yeah, uh, that's true. He, he did coach uh, Eastern Rangers last year in the NAB League, both the boys and the girls. Um, had solid solid years without uh, without turning on. But again, at, at NAB League, at under-18s level, it's all about development and, and what's coming through. Uh, he will take on a very good team still. I'm sure they'll lose a few, but I've seen photos from their training and there are still some excellent footballers running around at training there. Uh, the captain, Mia Clifford, is still there. Um, Courtney Eugle still running around there at training. They lose Georgia Nan Scorn, unfortunately, to that knee injury in the VFLW Grand Final last year. That will be a massive loss for them. Uh, but, yeah, you, you can't see a team that went undefeated uh, falling off too far. So the Bombers... I don't know if I'd make them premiership favourites, but they, they're going to be right up there and uh, and whichever teams beat them will be playing in the grand final because I, I, they, I can't see them dropping any lower than third. I'll be fascinated to see what happens with uh, with Travis taking over from Brendan. Uh, you're, you're taking out, a, I guess, a premiership winning coach and uh, and putting in someone that's that's quite new and fresh to this competition what that sort of does to change that dynamic. And as we've sort of experienced with the VFLW uh, over last season and into this season, we're seeing changes of new teams going into the AFLW competition and uh, and what's going to happen with the list with with the way the AFLW season has been positioned at the end of the year. Do we see players come out midway through the season? It's it's created a an interesting proposition for a lot of teams as we start to look at uh, teams preparing for the AFLW season. Exactly right. That's the uh, that's the sixty four thousand dollar question that we won't know the answer to <laughs> until it happens. Only the clubs know what their strategy is going to be, and it's going to create all sorts of intrigue 
uh, as the season goes on and, and I for one can't wait to see uh, how it unfolds and I certainly hope that uh, we do see the strongest teams possible still running around by the time the finals come. Absolutely and for those who are joining us for the first time we, uh, this is uh, the only media platform of its kind where we've got the, uh, the podcast and the video that covers uh, the VFL and the VFLW to the extent that we've, uh, we've got. So we've got Rosie in Melbourne, who, uh, who off-air mentioned that he'd been decked out in a hoodie, and you've got myself in uh, on the Gold Coast. I'm sweating bullets. It's 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 summer. We haven't got that consistency. We've got 1,600 kilometres apart, and uh, we've just got the cold and the hot all extremes. Rosie, you prefer to be in my situation, mate. I would love to put a jumper on right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We might, we might have, we might have to swap. We might, have, we might be able to do it in person next week, Andy. I'm <laughs> heading up to Queensland on Sunday, so I'm going to enjoy some of your sun. Oh, excellent, mate! Oh, I've got a bit of a history, though. I will say with uh, with friends and family coming up, but they often bring the rain with them. So let's hope that you don't, uh, you don't. Jinx it and keep that run going. Um, but we do appreciate everyone with their support. Jumping on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and Anchor. Rosie, it is an absolute pleasure, and the, the support continues to grow for what we do as we uh, try and create something that engages with our VFL and VFLW community in a way that, that probably hasn't been done before. And it's a pretty exciting time, particularly during the practice match season, to get an idea of where teams are positioned heading into the season openers. And it's something we certainly love uh, bringing to you and and we definitely hope that you're enjoying uh, listening to it and watching it as much as we're enjoying putting it together and just talking about the footy. Absolutely. Well, this is VFL 23. Thank you so much for your company. We look forward to catching up with you all next week.